0: You're listening to the Rooted Feminine Podcast, the place for sovereign women who want to honor just how potent they truly are. I'm your host, Marissa Lawton, a former licensed psychotherapist turned sacred steward, and it's my mission to help women cultivate grounded relationships with their feminine energy and step more fully into their divinity. I walk alongside feminine seekers as they remember their magic reconnect with ancient rhythms, and reclaim their divine power. By moving beyond patriarchal constructs and good girl conditioning, we are all able to co-create a life of spiritual intention. Each week, we will work to root spiritual concepts in the earth and in the body. You'll get a sense of what it's like to open yourself up to your mysticism like never before, and you'll be inspired to walk the feminine path, pouring into yourself and the collective around you. From the way you make your money to the way you trust your path and the way you show up in the world, you really can embody your soul's truth. So keep listening and prepare to enter temple space. Hey sisters, let's be honest. There's a difference between your spiritual path being something you do and being who you are. We're all here listening today because we're craving the embodied power that is possible when we resurrect our relationship with ancient and sacred wisdom, but none of us is alone when we realize we have a lot of work to do, individually and collectively, in order to help the divine feminine truly rise. Truth is, there are generations worth of deconditioning and decolonizing work that needs to happen for goddess energy to feel safe enough to flourish. And each of us has a different soul calling and dharmic purpose to help her do just that. While this all sounds so magical, it's not really that easy to step out of the systems and structures we've known all our lives, even if our intuition is screaming at us to do so. And we all could use a little guidance on how best to bravely step onto the feminine path. This is why I made you an insightful quiz. In nine grounded questions, you'll see exactly where you're at in your divine feminine journey and what could help you most as you root into your spiritual growth. It's super easy for you to take and it will give you incredible insight into awakening your magic and stepping into your power. Simply head on over to rootedfeminine.com quiz to take the first step in your rerouting journey. Hey sisters, welcome back to the Rooted Feminine Podcast. I am super excited for this episode today with Allison. One of the things that I found really um, exciting about this call is, or this interview, is that Allison has a way of putting frameworks together. She's an intuitive channel and speaks directly with Source, which I thought was beautiful. And we absolutely talk about her process, but it comes Through In a very understandable way and in a framework that's easy to follow. So remember, you'll hear me say a million times, we don't hate the masculine around here. We want healthy, healed masculine. And some of these frameworks are just that they give us the container, they hold the space. And when we follow the framework, we are able to allow our feminine energy to just flourish. Allison talks about body wisdom dropping down from the mind and into the body, which is exactly what we love around here. So I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Hey sisters, welcome back to another episode of Rooted Feminine. I am here with Allison Scammel, and we are going to just share so much wisdom with you today. And I, I can't wait for our episode. Allison, if you don't mind just giving us kind of a brief introduction and a little backstory, origin story, if you will, of you know how you got to be doing what you're doing and a little bit about your spiritual journey. Amazing.
1: Thank you, Marissa. I'm super, super happy to be here. I can already feel the energy of your listeners, very beautiful, spacious, high vibrational energy. So it's a real pleasure to plug into that I am originally from the United States. I grew up on a family farm and ranch in South Dakota. And I just, from the youngest age, I just dreamt of traveling the world. And my mother says I was born with a suitcase in my hand and I didn't, there were no next door neighbors. So my best friends as a child were animals, (laughs) really. And I did just that. I joined the Peace Corps right out of college and then did a 17-year career in international affairs and humanitarian response. And about five years into that 17-year career, I was like, wow, I feel so much more part of the problem than the solution. Mm. This is not how I want to give back. I feel like there's a lot of dishonesty in this work. And when I tried to speak that truth to my peers, I continually got shut down. Mm. And I'm just like, I can't take this. At a certain point, I just really couldn't take it anymore. And I also got addicted to life on the road and moving to the next place and thinking I was escaping my problems. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, they traveled with me to every new site So eventually, so since this is a spiritual podcast, I did have a near-death experience in 2009. And when I came back from that experience, I had all of these channeling gifts, mediumship gifts. Like I I didn't even have Marissa vocabulary for it. Yeah, I had no idea what had happened to me. So I went on a new path of relearning how to live and be in the world, like literally relearning how to live and be and because I'd lived a very 3D human yeah, physical sure. life up until that point. And so that eventually got me on a path where I found life coaching first. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is cool. And then I got certified in that. And eventually I found my way to spiritual coaching, spiritual mentorship, helping people run soul guided businesses. Mm-hmm. And I, I, just so excited to get out of bed every day to serve the people that I get to serve every day.
0: I love that. There's so much about your story that I resonate. My husband just retired from the military in June. So we spent 20 years moving around and gosh, again, like recognizing that The system that you're part of, that you thought you were doing service through, or that you thought you were doing good through, you're actually doing a lot of harm through. We, we decided to stick it out and go ahead and retire because it was part of our plan. But last 10 years of our military career, it was just like, Oh my God, what are we doing? (laughs) And then also we said like the moving around, we just moved home. Like this is the first time where I'm not leaving in 18 months or 24 months. And so that's been like, actually more of a shit show for me than I thought it was going to be. This idea of permanency because I've always had the opportunity to just reinvent myself. Oh, who do I want to be at this duty station? Do I want to be fun? Do I want to be... And it, it gave me the ability to call out pieces of my personality, pieces of my soul, pieces of my dharma, whatever, and really emphasize them in different ways, starting over with people who didn't know me at all. So it's almost like the way I see it, and I'm just saying this for the first time out loud right now, is it was almost like false rebirths in a way. Like they weren't actually soul grounded or soul led rebirth. It was like, oh, let me just pretend to be somebody different. So I don't know. I I don't know if that gives you anything, but that's what like came up for me when you were talking is just seeing some similarities there. Oh, Marissa, that
1: gave me so much. One thing I didn't mention is my husband Is retired military. He was in for 26 years. We did 20 and and then we were out. (laughs) Yes. So I wasn't married to him the whole time. We got married when we were both older. Yeah. So I was whatever. I don't even know what, maybe six years. I was the traveling spouse. And before that, I was doing my own hopping from duty station, duty post to duty post. And it's so exactly what you're saying. And I felt, oh, I would get into a into a fight or something with a friend and we would just ghost each other and I would be like, oh, okay, I'll just go to the next post and make new friends. And what really probably wanted to happen was like maybe an uncomfortable conversation or something wanted to happen for that relationship to maybe even heal or do something. Mm -hmm. But it was just so easy to just ghost it and be like, "Ah, I'm just going to move on to the next thing. And as you said, start over. And that just felt easier, but it was
0: also for me, it was very false. Yeah, exactly. Um, And it's funny with the concept of the show being about roots and being rooted. It's a very unrooted life. And there's like such the cliche, like bloom wherever you're planted, but you cultivate really shallow roots that way. And so for me personally, and I'm sure probably some for you as well, not to put words in your mouth, but that's what spirit did for me. That's what spiritual connection did for me. And tapping in my case, on my practice, like into my feminine was it helped me have deeper roots in something that mattered more than that superficial surface level life that I was just part of. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I reached a milestone. We've been in this house. Uh, We we just celebrated the three-year anniversary of being where we live now in the Netherlands. And I realized that I'm about to embark on being living in the in one place the longest mm-hmm. I've ever lived since I was 18 and I left home like yeah. I grew up on the family farm like 0 through 18 and then I went on a series where I was literally moving every somewhere between every 6 months to 3 years but usually it was more like every 18 months to 2 years my whole adult life until now and I'm telling for me it feels good and I'm ready And I have a daughter who's like in the equivalent of the second grade in the United States. And so I'm ready to like root and plant those roots and be here. But it's like a weird sensation. Like,
0: wow, we're really like, we're really here. We're really not going to be moving in the next few months. And I imagine, so like growing up zero to 18 on a farm, it's again, just assuming and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like that would give you not only a really deep connection to the land, but also a really deep connection to seasons and to cycles and things like that, which is a lot about what we talk about here. And then to leave that and to go to something that you had very little connection to the land or very little connection to the place that you were staying. I imagine that was jarring.
1: It was, I think I grew up, I grew up in this rural place in middle America and I rejected it as a small child because I knew I was this worldly person that craved diversity and multiculturalism. And it was an idyllic childhood in many ways, but I rejected it. And I think some kids, some people listening to this might've craved to have the kind of roots and structure and stability I had. But for me, I was just like, I don't want this. I want to get on an airplane and go. And then at a certain and I wanted that and it and 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 a way it really did feed my soul Mm -hmm. for a long time until it didn't didn't. and it didn't feed my soul for a while we were still doing it Mm -hmm. and it took a while to like find that place I think when you live I imagine you guys lived in a lot of really fabulous places I I think when you live in yeah we didn't
0: (laughs) the the coolest place we went was Alaska and it's still like the U.S. like we didn't get to any cool places
1: Okay, so you didn't do a
0: lot of like overseas
1: stuff? No. Okay, so we were, I was very lucky. In, well, not so much in my job. I always, because I worked in development. So when I worked in development, I did not, I went to a lot of places that were very unstable. I could never have a visitor or anything, ah. but I always joke that I had to marry an army officer to live in nice places because yeah. he, he got posted to nice places because of his, your definition of nice, right? Yeah. It, it's all relative, but He got posted to places which I thought were very nice. And that was my running joke. But the problem with that is I got extremely picky and Mm -hmm. I started looking for Eden, Marissa. Mm -hmm. I started looking for, oh, I got so picky. And after a while I was like, Jesus, the place that I'm hungering to live in doesn't exist. Yeah. And I need to like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so that was a big wake up call for me. Yeah.
0: So you said something a moment ago where you said it served your soul until it didn't. I'd love to unpack that a little bit in terms of like, how do you know something is serving your soul? What does that feel like? What was it like when it didn't? Was there just a real disconnect? Did you feel physical ramifications of that emotional, spiritual kind of take us through that process?
1: Yeah. And you know what? Thank you for that question. I'm going to amend it a little bit. Yeah. Cause yeah. I actually think the truth is I thought it served my soul mm. and I think it could have served my soul, but I was, I believe those 17 years that I worked in international development was a shadow career. Mm. And that just means that it had a lot of ele- elements that enabled me to thrive. I do like a little, I like a little pressure environments, like yeah. pressure cooker things. I like travel. I like working with different people from all over the world and different cultures. So it like checked all those boxes, mm-hmm. but um, it wasn't at all the work I really wanted to be doing in the world. It wasn't the way I wanted to give back. It didn't feel truthful to me. Mm-hmm. And truth is a really core part of my identity. And when I tried to, like I said, speaking truth to power and just being continually shut down And I I think it was just like a shadow, Mm -hmm. the the shadow career. And so that travel, that new people, new places. Yes, that scratched niche for me when I was in my twenties and thirties and I wasn't married and I didn't have kids yet, but I do think it was actually false in many Mm -hmm. ways. And I don't have any regrets and I learned, I healed, I grew from it, but I think, I think that a, a lot of your listeners may relate to this, that you're on the right path, but not. Yeah. (laughs) So So then when I had my NDE and I came back with all these spiritual gifts and I had to go on a whole new path of learning, what the heck are these gifts? Like Mm -hmm. I literally didn't know back Mm -hmm. in 2009, there wasn't near the resources Mm -hmm. there are now. And Mm -hmm. I didn't even know who to talk to. I didn't really know what books to read. And I think that's when I started to write the ship. Mm -hmm. And I started to get on the path that yes, included travel and all those things, but it also included me giving back in the way that felt aligned. And I feel like I was getting a hopping on the path of my soul mission and how that felt for me. It's just, you feel it in the body. And of course, at that point, I learned how to be led by the voice of my higher self, which Mm -hmm. before that time I knew about intuition, but I sure as heck didn't know when my intuition was speaking to me. And I just, I learned how to be heart led Mm -hmm. and, and I really started having my heart guide all of my decisions. And at a certain point, my heart started guiding all my decisions, both big and small. What am I going to eat to dinner for dinner tonight? I let my higher self decide
0: that. Yeah, (laughs) no, I love that. I want to pull on that thread, but before I'm not an astrologer by any means, I, I pick up things. Right. And it sounds like it's like there's, there was this South node or this karmic thing. Like it still was part of your destiny, but almost that like destiny that kind of drags you down or keeps you stuck in patterns versus a north node or a dharmic path that's truly where you want to go in in terms of progress and progressing in this life. So it definitely feels like there was this like connection there but a connection almost in the wrong direction. And I love how you call it like the shadow experience because the shadow reveals what's hidden, right? And the shadow can serve the ego. So it's like it was serving that ego in in, in a way, but it was also revealing these patterns or these choices or these whatever that were hidden. And I feel like we as humans, we have to go through those experiences. For you, it was quite a long one. For some of us, it's maybe a a week or a month or whatever. It doesn't, the the length of time doesn't matter, but it's that experience that, feels almost like karmic and then allows it to open up into something that's more dharmic or something that's more purposeful and more soul-led. So I don't know if that resonates at all, but that's what I'm gathering. It's like it it was meant for you, but meant for you to teach you or meant for you to show you a different way almost. I think a thousand percent
1: you summed it up beautifully. Are you familiar with human design at all? Yeah. 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 So I'm also a human design practitioner and I'm a projector. Okay. And so we have three phases in life, all the projector mm-hmm. listeners. So our first phase is really our twenties our thirties and we're meant to be out of alignment. And that's where we're yeah. gathering all of our lessons and figuring it all out. And then we go, Oh, I'm sorry. I am a projector, but this is actually my profile line. This is the six two profile okay. line. So if anybody Any listeners out there have that sixth line, which is the role model, right? Mm -hmm. You go through three phases. So the first one, you're actually meant to be off track in the shadow, scratching a few of your itches, but not all of them and not in the right way. And then you go into the second phase where you start to get very contemplative, you start to heal, you start to figure things out, you find your gifts, you're like, wait, this isn't what I wanted in life. And then you go to the third and final stage, which starts around 50 and I'm 47. So I do really feel like I'm rounding out one phase and about to start my third and final phase, which is actually the role model Mm-hmm. Where you find that thing that you're actually meant to be role modeling, yeah. which twenty years ago, oh my gosh, if you asked me, if you told me what human design was, which I would have had no idea, and you said, "Oh, Allison, you're a role model. What are you meant to role model to the world? I would have been like, I have no idea. It would have been foreign to me, but I finally feel now at 47. Okay, I think I still have a couple more years of tweaking and refining it, yeah. but I absolutely feel confident by 50. I'm going to have the real clarity that
0: mm-hmm. this
1: is how I'm meant to role model. And that six line, this can be tricky because of our overly masculine social conditioning that life is all about doing. The sixth line, like the divine feminine is all about being. So -hmm. I don't really need to be doing anything to be the role model. It is my state of being, which is how I role model to those people who are meant to be role modeled by me.
0: I love that. And speaking of like feminine, like the paradigm that I'm listening to is maiden mother crone, right? Maiden has- no idea what the hell she's doing she's just like dancing around like having fun and like oh look at the butterflies and then mother there's okay this level of seriousness that has to come into life and then crone the whole job of crone is to pass on that wisdom so it's really neat that there's alignment between different modalities or different dharmas and how or dogmas sorry and how you can still see these patterns and these things show up i love that I love that too. I think a lot
1: of people have, like, certainly all women will have what you just described. And we all have all parts of the human design chart. So I think we all go through these types of phases. Yeah, it's cool. That's neat.
0: All right. So let's shift into, so you have this near-death experience. You can share what happened or not, whatever feels right for you. And then you ha- you realize that it has opened up a level of mysticism in you that you didn't have access to before. Can you talk us through that a little bit? And then I would love to talk about the gifts and how they show up for you. Do they still show up for you? How do you use them? All of those things.
1: Yeah, so my I always say I didn't have your typical NDE. Yeah, I, I I I didn't get hit by the bus and then saw right. Aunt, Aunt Martha and decided to go back in my body. Although I did have elements of that, certainly when I crossed over. But what I can do, Marissa, because it's it's a long, it, it's a deep story that I think some of your listeners would actually really love to hear. Mm-hmm. So I recorded a three-part series, uh, my podcast, and I can share a link for you if you want to drop it in the show notes because it's not. It's hard to give a Reader's Digest version of it. I wish I, I'm still figuring out how, but what I can do is share the whole story. Yeah. And if anything, it's a really fantastic story. So it's a fun, it's a, not fun. That's not the right word. It's a entertaining. Yeah. yeah, fascinating. Thank you. Fa- fascinating listen, if anything else. And yes. yeah, so when I came back to from that, I was totally like it I I I do come from a long line of intuitives I've come to learn. My grandfather, who passed when I was four, was a, a real intuitive. And I don't think I think that's this is a part of his life he kept very private.
0: Yeah. And so In South Dakota, yeah. like right, exactly. <laughs> and course.
1: he was a farmer. Exactly. Yeah. So he wasn't talking about it over coffee with the fellow farmer, farmhands. Right. But he actually came to me when I, after I had these gifts and said, you got the gift. It skipped your mother. So it skipped my mom, although she is intuitive, but not the level of intuitive yeah. gifts that I had that were very shut off until 2009. And it was really part of my healing the NDE happened because there was something I really needed to heal from.
0: Yeah, And
1: so that's that, that I had this massive energetic wound that was essentially blocking me from my intuitive gifts for the first 32 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And then when I had this NDE, it actually released that block. It actually healed me. I needed to die to heal
0: mm-hmm. is the weird
1: thing. And then when I came back, I had, I was just a, a very powerful psychic medium. And it took me a long time to be able to say that because at first I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so weird! I'm so weird. People are gonna think I'm nuts." Like, it took me a real long time to just say it and own it. And now I can say it and own it and be like, "This is who I am. This is what I do." And if people don't like it, they can self select out. And then most people I find love it. (laughs) I love, or at least are intrigued to learn more. And so, yeah, I can like, yeah. And this is what I help people do. This is my life's work. This is Onto my role modeling, I help people to tune into and amplify their spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. And the way that source, which these days I'm primarily a channeling source, mm-hmm. uh, the way it has received to me is although our spiritual gifts are infinite, we all of our spiritual gifts fall basically into one of five categories, and that's our gift of intuition, healing manifestation, teaching, and leadership. and mm-hmm. It is how we communicate with the spiritual realm, our higher self, our spirit guides, source, crossed over loved ones, and how we connect to and co-create with the spiritual realm in order to grow, learn, evolve, teach, whatever it is we want to do. And so this is my life's work now. Okay. And this is, I'm passionate about teaching others how to access their spiritual gifts, understand them, and really amplify them to the next level. Hey there!
0: Hopping in real quick to let you know that I've created something deep, profound, and also really fun for you. I know you're here because you're yearning for the days when feminine power was revered, when women were the sought-after oracles and the magic weavers. But the first thing that often comes up is the fear that modern-day society no longer celebrates these ideas. We no longer take the time to slow down and savor the seasons, leaning into the wisdom that Mother Earth so graciously offers. We no longer pour into ourselves and each other, mothering a sense of community and well-being. And we no longer co-create with the universe, bringing divine guidance down into our bodies and living our soul's truth. For those of us who crave this, it's really hard to reconcile the deep yearning for feminine ways with the uber productive and mostly destructive masculine flavor of the world's day. So how are you supposed to reclaim your magical, powerful birthright when the world isn't designed to support it? Well, I'm a firm believer in tapping into your roots. You absolutely can embody ancient wisdom and awaken your feminine magic in your modern day life right now. I mean, what better way to bring down the patriarchy than to live, breathe, and share the sacred feminine at the grocery store, the school pickup line, in our businesses, and every way we show up in our day-to-day lives. In fact, I'd love to walk you through a rewilding process that will help you bravely step onto the feminine path and rebirth your relationship to your power. And you can start by watching my on-demand training called the Six Phases of the Rerooting Cycle. When you tune in, you'll explore why ascension is doing a disservice to your spiritual journey and how descension and embodiment really serves you. We'll also go through the six phases of the rooting cycle, the feminine energies that support it, and how to work toward embodying your rebirth. And finally, you'll learn how to avoid the number one mistake women make when re-rooting into their feminine. So if you're ready to boldly step onto the feminine path and reclaim your primal potency, you can sign up for the training and start working toward calling your feminine energy into your everyday life right now. Simply head over to rootedfeminine.com masterclass to register. I love what you just said for a couple of reasons because I thought you were going to say, oh, the clairvoyance, the clairaudient, like those are the spiritual gifts. And it's interesting because I and this is something I really want to develop more, but I definitely channel source. Like I get downloads for sure. And one of the downloads that came through for me were the nine types of feminine mysticism. And there are, the five that you mentioned, plus a few others. And it was like, nothing like, oh, clairvoyance, clairaudience, and all of those ones that were typically taught. And so that was just a reaffirmation for me when you just said that I was like, okay, thank you. Yes. Channel. And that's yes, what I yes. love is like, I'll get the downloads, but then there will be external conversations or signs or whatever that confirm the downloads. So that was a confirmation for me right there. And I love personally, how you have like the categories and things like that. Because I think that helps personally in my work as well with other people is giving people frameworks and giving people categories. Cause as you mentioned, this is, this is all gonna make sense. I promise As you mentioned at the beginning of when we started recording, we have been conditioned away from these gifts, right? Through patriarchy, through masculine dominance, through all of these things. And so it's, I, I use this example a lot, but like, Ancient governments, ancient decision makers, ancient tribal leaders, whatever, used to have oracles or as you're saying, intuitives at the table, right? We had a space at the table in terms of decision making, in terms of leadership. I love how leadership is one of your one of your categories yes. here. Yeah. Because that used to be really important to civilizations and through our conditioning. And through the way that the world has changed the last couple thousand years, that has gone away and not only gone away, but been violently eradicated in certain situations, right? So it makes sense that you had an energetic block. It makes sense that you were cut off from these gifts. And it sucks that something like traumatic had to happen to bring them online. Wouldn't it be lovely if we were all raised to access them and and out of choice? Like, oh, do you want to use your gifts or do you not want to use your gifts? Wouldn't that be lovely? It's unfortunate that we're not there, but it's really fascinating to me that yours came online and that you use them intentionally today in a modern lifestyle, right? This is what I call like the modern mystic where some, I love, and I revere ancient practices and things, and I use them in my rituals and I guide people through them as well, but we are all living here in this modern world and we have modern problems to solve and modern lives to live. How can we also have our mysticism online in 2023? I'm just really fascinated and just hanging it on every word you're saying right now. It's really cool.
1: I love it. I love it. Yes. And something interesting since I, so I first started calling myself, cause I was really afraid to like just own I'm a psychic medium. So yeah. I came up with all sorts of crazy things to right. call myself, but when I really just started, owning oh, Hey, okay, I'm a psychic. And I talked about my, Being a psychic, I would got plugged into different communities and I came to learn that most police departments like big police departments in the United States have psychics on staff made like big sporting teams Mm, have psychics on half. On, on staff to be like, mm-hmm. hey, what's going to happen in the fourth quarter? Like that kind of stuff. So it's there, but nobody ever talks
0: about it, which is unfortunate, but it's right? really fascinating. It's, it's, isn't
1: it fascinating? And it's just a big secret because no one would ever just want to say that, yeah, it's there in some ways, but it's the big secret. And one of my missions is really to make spiritual mainstream, make all mm-hmm. this stuff part of the mainstream because it's more than it's not even mainstream. It's just truth. It's who we are. It's, we aren't meant to be human beings having entirely egoic experience in our brain cut off from our higher self. That is the most painful, most difficult way to live. I was there for 32 years of my life. It stinks, right? We are really meant to have this divine, amazing, expansive light source Mm -hmm. that we can connect to whenever we want to always give us guidance to our next best step. Even if we're in the middle of something traumatic and we can't see step 25, Mm -hmm. our higher self will always guide us to the next best step, which is the only step you ever really need to see.
0: Yeah. And so how do we do that? Like how, if we're just first starting, what would you recommend in ways to not only connect with the higher self, but to take those steps, to trust those steps? Yes. I love this question
1: because I am the queen of five. Mm-hmm. Everything comes to me in fives. My downloads come to me in fives. And so I have a five-step process for connecting to all of the five spiritual gifts. But let's start with the spiritual gift of intuition. Mm-hmm. I call this the door. And this is our ability to communicate to the spiritual realm. And really without the on, all, get, all the five gifts are of equal mm, importance. Mm-hmm. But without this gift, it's really hard. It makes it more challenging to access the other four because you're using your intuition at all times with all gifts to get the communication, to get the guidance. So this is a great place to start because it really is the door that connects our Physical self with our non physical self. And what we want to do with this door is open it wider and wider and wider until those downloads are coming through that just unquestionable, clear guidance. It's when you get the downloads for the first chapter of your book or all that really juicy stuff happens. And backing up, before I give you my beautiful five step process, Mm -hmm. I do want to mention that the spiritual realm is polite Mm -hmm. and they honor us as beings of free will. Mm -hmm. So if you're really ready to go to the next level with your, all of your spiritual gifts, what I invite in for you and for your listeners is to invite it in Mm -hmm. and you do, we are doing it subconsciously all the time, or sometimes we are doing it consciously, but make it a practice. I say once a month, once every couple of months to, to actually just say it hey, divine guidance team, I invite in a deeper connection to you. That actually kicks off an energetic process Mm. where you're saying, it's okay for you to come in and tune my energy, calibrate me. It's okay if you're going to guide me maybe to a challenge because that's going to trigger a wound. I need to release in order to have a stronger connection with you. So It is a very nice thing to do from time to time is just invite it in. And that simple invitation has very powerful effects. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Okay. And then the five-step process, all of my five-step processes, and this will not surprise you, Marissa, Mm -hmm. starts with the breath. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) So step one is just deep breathing. And it really is, you really want to fill in the lower part of the belly. Most of us are breathe in the upper part of our chest Mm -hmm. and it does not oxygenate ourselves the way it's supposed to. So just fill up the long, deep inhales, long, deep exhales, fill up the lower part of the belly. And this just kind of signals, this helps to quiet the mind. Mm -hmm. I always say, when you want to connect to the spiritual realm, go out of your mind. Mm -hmm. You really want to slow down. You're not really looking to cut them off. Just slow down your thinking brain. You want to get out of that headspace and start sinking into the body. Mm -hmm. Our intuitive touch points all lie actually from the neck down. We do have our third eye, but to Mm -hmm. access our third eye, we have to be embodied. So you want to start sinking into the body. And I call that step two, the pivot down. So you're taking some deep breaths, take at least three. If you can do more, that's great. Then you pivot your awareness down. And that's when you start sinking into the body. You'll start, maybe you'll start to feel a little heavier. Maybe you'll start to feel a little bit more spacious. And then from the pivot down, you want to connect to your heart energy. That's that heart chakra energy at the center of your chest. That's the highest vibrational point. In our energy body, because mm-hmm. what we're trying to do is elevate our energetic frequency to be vibrating because the spiritual realm is vibrating at a very high energetic frequency. Yeah. And the more we can tune our own energy body to be in sync, the greater the communication flow. Mm. So then once you're pivoted down, you're connected to the heart space, take a few deep breaths into the heart space. Then you go to step three, which is intend to what you want to connect and you mm. don't have to do anything other than set an intention. The energy knows where to go. So either you're intending to connect to higher self, source, a crossed over loved one, mm. earth elements, can I was just gonna to say. water, rock, <laughs> right? And yeah. feminine, um, priestesses goddesses oh, yeah. if you are uh, following a divine feminine practice there's so many priestesses there's so many goddesses that are here to provide support to us on our path angels archangels it's like orbs of light but <laughs> the, yeah. the list is endless yeah. and if you're not sure just set the intention to connect your divine support team mm-hmm. we all have a divine support team that's that has it's mostly it, there's always source and higher self There's always guardian angels and they're with you from birth to death. And then Mm. after that, it's composition changes as you go through your life and you have different needs at different times of Mm. your path. When you first become a mother, you're going to have a lot of like motherly energy in your divine guidance team, for Mm. example. So that, that part of your, Your divine guidance team does change, but you don't really even need to know what's there. Mm -hmm. All you need to do is connect to it. Now, if it's something you'd like to map, I invite you to do that, but I wouldn't actually spend too much time on it. I think sometimes people can get a little too caught up on which archangel is there and what's its name. And Mm -hmm. sometimes the names actually don't translate that well into our human languages. Mm -hmm. So if I, my invitation is just to know it's there, know at the end of the day, you're connecting to your higher self and source. That's the most important thing. And everything else is, I promise you, it's there to support you. Yeah, <laughs> Even if you don't have a name for it, right? I love that. Okay, perfect. So you're connecting in, if you're not sure, connect your divine support team or your divine guidance team, as I like to call it. And then step four, this is really important. This is something that we just, I think we forget to do in our busy days. Mm. Ask questions because Your divine guidance team can't really give you a message unless you ask. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes you ask subconsciously, right? Mm -hmm. But asking the question actually kicks off a co-creative process so that your divine guidance team can get to work providing you an answer. Mm -hmm. So remember, we are agents of free will. And with light energy, they're not going to come in and give you something unless you've asked for it. Mm -hmm. So ask questions. It can be simple as what message do you have for me today? What should my goals be for this week, this month, this year? What should my soul guided goals and intentions be? What is a soul guided intention you have for me today? Mm -hmm. It could be very simple. What should I eat for dinner tonight? What should I do tonight? (laughs) Should I go to the gym tonight? It can be very simple questions. Yes, no questions are a great way to start if you're on the newer side of this, because you can Almost always sense if the answer is yes energy or no energy. And if you've been at this for a while, certainly you can ask open-ended questions. You can ask big questions. I'm feeling called to read a write a book. What should my book be? And if you don't get an oh, so, then that brings us nicely to step five, which this is where you perceive what you received becoming back in response. This is where the clairs come in, our clair senses, yeah. but it's not only the clairs. So we've got the clairvoyance, clairaudience, claire claircognizant. There's also the clair has gustance, which mm-hmm. is you taste a response. Mm-hmm. The projectors will know about this because we have bitterness. When something's off, we get a bitter taste in our mouth. That's not coming from a food source. That is, I I don't know if a human design purist would categorize it this way, but I believe that's our intuition talking to us, saying, mm-hmm. Mm-mm, "We don't like that." Yeah. And then there's a clear sense of smell, where you can smell the rat, smell something's off, smell an opportunity, mm-hmm. right? But then there is the other. I have a client who gets, when they get a message from their divine guidance team, they get tingling in their elbow. Mm. So there's always, yes, there are the clear senses, but then there's all the other. Mm -hmm. And there is an infinite number of ways that we can receive messages from our guides. There are signs, there's symbols, there's you name it. So I would get to know, if you're on the newer side of this, most of us have a dominant intuitive gift. Mm -hmm. My dominant intuitive gift, for example, is clairaudience. So I that, that this is what makes me a good channel. I hear, but I have all the clairs and they all show up. Sometimes I see, sometimes I have an inner knowing, sometimes I sense, but my dominant language is my hearing. I hear messages. So if you're on the newer side of this, I would play around with like, when you ask a question of your intuition or your higher self, What is the most natural way in which you receive an answer back? That's probably your dominant intuitive language. And I would play with that. Our intuitive gifts are a muscle. And the more you flex them, the stronger they get. So play around with that, your dominant intuitive language. If you're not sure, take your best guess. And that gives you to that step five is receiving the answer. And if it doesn't come right away, be open in the hours and days that follow after you ask the question, because your guides will find a way to get that answer back to you. But it's but we have to be open and aware to see it and receive it.
0: I love that. And I'm like, okay, now I know what to do. <laughs> check. Exactly. Check. Yeah, it's yeah. So helpful. <laughs> and going back to a point you made earlier, it's not only about what you do, but this process helps you be, right? Because I think that is. Part of my purpose here is to help people take spirituality from something they do to to who they are. But a lot of times you have to set that routine or you have to set that habit. And I'm sure for you, like the five steps, it's just like, zoom, like it's not like this Conscious. Oh, I'm on step two right now, but for a newbie or somebody who's just starting this process, it might need to be a little bit more conscious like that. Okay. Now, what was my next step? Now, what was my next step until it just becomes ingrained or habitual or even deeper than that? Like soul led, right? Yes. A
1: hundred percent. This is all the five-step process is you can look at any five-step process as a state of doing, but at its core, it is actually is a state of being because Mm -hmm. we do access our spiritual gifts from the being, from the embodiment. And once you engage in this five-step process for not that many times, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just going to be automatic. And Mm -hmm. then it's just like, it will almost get to the point where, I feel like I'm to the point now in my journey where I don't even really have to ask the questions. It's just, it's just the more I'm embodied and the more I do my meditation practices and connect to source and follow the nudges of my heart, the more it does get the whole thing gets automatic. And Mm -hmm. I find myself actually not even asking too many questions anymore. It's almost like I have a blanket statement. Just tell me what I need to know. And it just arrives when I need it mm-hmm. and not a moment before your divine guidance team never tells you anything that you need. Like they tell you exactly what you need the moment you need it and not a moment before.
0: Yeah. But
1: yes. The more, but for me, when I first got started, Marissa, oh my gosh, I filled so many journals. I spent hours and hours channeling and I channeled angels, archangels, ascended masters, Uh, goddesses, earth element, orbs of life, consciousness inside the earth, crossed over loved ones, crossed over people. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So many crossed over people that I never, I never knew. Right. And, and it was just that hours and hours, which I did that because I feel called to teach this. Mm -hmm. So if you're new to this, it's not that you have to do that, but I did before it became just so automatic for me, I did really put in hour upon hour, just flexing those intuitive muscles.
0: Yeah. And I love the way that you talked a little bit ago about what do I eat for dinner? What do I get at the grocery store? You're using this in really practical ways. You're not only at your altar or in temple space and hours of just channeling, which is great. It sounds like you do that once in a while, or maybe you did that in the beginning or something like that. But you're also now to the point where you use this in your everyday
1: Yes. And the thing that's amazing is when I ask higher self, what do I eat for dinner tonight? And I actually, sometimes it usually your higher self is your higher. If you're like craving spaghetti, your higher self is not going to say have a kale salad. Your (laughs) higher self is not because that's just setting you up because nobody's going to go get a kale salad when they're craving spaghetti. Right. So your higher self knows it, it likely will want to guide all of us to something maybe about healthier or more healthful for our bodies but it's going to guide you to like the next best thing. So maybe it'll say have spaghetti and half your plate of spaghetti and half your plate of salad. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. And when you follow through on that and let's say you'd, you'd gotten off of the salad eating uh, routine but then you're like, okay, higher yourself said half of my plate is green. I'm going to do it tonight. And you do. It's like, yes, it is a small thing, but it actually leads to like really big results. It makes you feel so good eating yeah. that salad. And it like it, the, the effects of asking these little questions and then following through on the guidance and actually
0: doing it, the effects are, can be quite large actually. Wow. And how you mentioned like intuition's a muscle, I talk about it as intuition's a skill set, right? Everybody has the ability, but you can get better and better at it. It's like when you start to honor it, it's, but I believe that intuition is based on trust, right? The more that you listen to your intuition, the more it shows up for you. There's a symbiotic relationship that happens between the two. And so it's like, You're going to get that soulful feeling when you're following your intuition. I I love how you talked about it earlier, like that just lit up from within accessing just these divine feelings, like when you're on your soul path. And I think it's funny because I saw this talked about on Instagram, but this idea of glimmers, which is the opposite of triggers and of course, like people are talking about it more in like a mental health way or whatever, but it's, I call those synchronicities. Mm-hmm. Like, I call that source. I call that magic where you're just reaffirmed how we had one on the call here today. It's like, you're reaffirmed that you're on your soul path. And so when you're eating the kale or whatever, and it's, you're getting that glimmer or you're getting that synchronicity, you're getting that soul acknowledgement on a much deeper level than what happens in the mind or what happens it's even deeper than what happens in the body of course like your belly is going to probably feel good and maybe you have more energy but then deeper than that it's like I honored my my soul I honored my intuition I honored my divinity by making this choice or by following my intuition beautifully said yes 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 yeah So where else do you see this show up? How do you, how does this show up in business? How does this show up in other parts of our lives? I don't know where you want to take that, but is there anywhere else that this wants to go?
1: Yeah, I would just say for the business owners, my recommendation is to make your higher self, the CEO of your business for Mm -hmm. all decisions, big and small, not just the big decisions, make it for the small decisions. I do, I want to write a social media post today. I think often in business, we should on ourselves. Mm -hmm. I should do three posts a day because that's how I get more followers and that's how I get business, but it's not necessarily true for you and what you need right now. We're Mercury's in retrograde, and this is just a time to rest. Mm -hmm. So if you ever feel yourself tired in business, maybe you should take a nap. Maybe you should push your chair away from your computer and go for a walk in nature So Mm -hmm. your higher self will guide you to that. And it might seem weird. Oh, it's not hard for me to work in nature, but a lot of us are really socially conditioned. We are scrubbed with the beliefs that you have to overwork. You have to give it your all. You have to do productivity. Mm -hmm. I was just having a conversation with my dad and I said to him, my goal is to just one day always to be able to afford business class. I travel a lot. I go long haul flights. I just want to always be in business class. That's my goal that my business makes enough that I can afford on the regular business class. And he immediately said, trying to be supportive, you'll have to burn the midnight oil. And that's, that is a reflection of our conditioning or actually probably I need to rest. I need to play, I need to care for my body and then it will fuel my business. Uh So just rewiring that, that conditioning, it's so It's so we don't even realize just how omnipresent it is, I I think, because it's so omnipresent and your higher self will guide you to actually know you need to rest today. Actually, no, you don't need to do that extra email to your list and that will create a spaciousness in your day. It will create it will make it'll create room in your day. And from that space and and that room, that's actually when more clients and revenue starts to arrive. Yeah,
0: Not that you haven't shared a ton of wisdom with us so far today, but if you did have one piece of wisdom for the listeners in terms of working with their higher self, is there anything that comes through?
1: Yeah. All things there's in in the spiritual realm, there's duality. So Mm -hmm. there's all statements have a a truth and a non-truth to it. And so I think My wisdom I'd love to share is if you don't already have one, do try to create some sort of daily mindfulness practice Mm -hmm. on the daily, ideally. And if you miss a day, don't self-criticize, no worries, Mm -hmm. just go back to it the next day. And if you already have it, try to refortify it, or maybe there's something you can do to take it to the next level. And there is a little, this is where the duality comes in. There is some discipline to this. Mm -hmm. And I know discipline is usually a heavy word. I just talked about how we all overwork. I think discipline is associated with overwork burnout. Mm -hmm. So yes, that's there. So it's almost lean into the push pull energy of being disciplined about it so that you're like, Hey, I'm committed to this. I'm going to do this on the daily. And at the same time, I'm light on myself. I'm gentle on myself. I don't self-criticize when I miss a day. I know that I will miss a day and it is okay, but because I am disciplined in the right way, I will get back on it tomorrow. And really that daily practice, especially as we ascend to higher consciousness and the collective ascends, though that little daily practice, whether it's 10 minutes or an hour, it doesn't really matter. That is gonna be super, super important for you to just carve out that quiet so you can get those messages and really help your energy align to where it wants to go.
0: Oh, I think that's beautiful. Okay, Allison. So if people want to learn more about you, if they want to start working with you, where can they find out more information? So
1: I have everything you want to know about me. You can find at alisonscammel.com, my website, and I have a perfect gift For your listeners, I call it 10 high five minutes. It's the ultimate daily spiritual practice or mindfulness practice for busy soul guided leaders and entrepreneurs. It includes a guided meditation that actually takes you through the five-step process I talked about today. It's got my checklist for how to create the perfect daily routine for you and your energy. And it also has a live class. It was live class replay that, that shares how to turn your daily practice into a very powerful manifestation tool.
0: I love that. And we will have all of those links for you in the show notes and more information about Allison and how to follow up with her. So Allison, thank you so much for being here with us today and listeners. I will see you back here next time in temple space. Wasn't that really fun. I thought that was really fun. Not knowing Allison before, it was really cool to see how much we have in common. And I think when you're walking a spiritual path, you find that more and more that people are just your soul people. So it was cool to discover that. And I really loved that her channeling and my channeling had a familiarity and had an alignment. And it was really just one of those synchronicity reaffirming moments for me that again, lets me know that I'm on the right path. So I hope that it was similar for you. And my lithium crystal fell over the second that I said that. So I need to figure out what that's about. (laughs) Anyway, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. All of the links that Allison mentioned will be in the show notes so you can check out her work and see if it is beneficial for you. And I cannot wait to meet you back here again next week in Temple Space. Thank you so much for listening to Rooted Feminine. For show notes, links, downloads, head over to RootedFeminine.com podcast, where you'll be able to build a deeper relationship with me and the show, as well as sink into all past episodes. If you loved what you heard today, it would be so kind of you to share it with your Divine Feminine friends, subscribe to the show, and even leave a review cannot wait to connect with you next week.